he don't get reelected, right? Because mm -hmm. people who are on the fence are going to like think of this scandal and then they're going to be like, you know what? No. And B, all of the Republican pieces of shit that voted against this impeachment, hopefully that same crowd of people will vote against them in the next election and get them out of office. And then we'll have a Democrat run Senate again. So that's yeah, like yeah. the two key pieces here. Yeah, chestnut checkers. It's just like, I just don't have faith in, like, the way that this country's been moving, I just worry that this whole impeachment thing is going to be just more reason for them to try to rally around him, and shit's just going to get crazy. Yeah. So. Maybe that, too. Yeah. Yep. So, we'll see. Uh, Y'all ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome to the Breaks Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Breaks Radio. I am one of your hosts, CEO Hayes, and I am joined by Mr. Baylor the Great. Hopefully he's not looking as awkward as Jay-Z in those pictures with Kanye. But what's going on, Baylor? You see my background. I got a whole paranormal 6ix9ine hideout behind me right now. So if something happened, look, it's being documented. There you go. And then we also have Miss Yum herself. It's Mary Almonte's in the building. What's going on? Uh, I'm here. And I thought Baylor just was really tall, maybe taller than I thought. Baylor's <laughs> tall. Like... Baylor, what are you, like 6'1"? No, don't give me that much. Don't give me that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 6'1". I'm, not, I'm, not I'm like, I'm like on, on, on a great, lovely day, probably six feet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could dunk, though. I used to. If the Blair Witch come comes, sn comes snatch your ass up out of this room you in, like you said, Lisa's documented. Yo, hey, Lisa's documented, and I'm not a part of the gang uh, statistics. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, yo, that nigga barely went out on some Blair Witch shit, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. So, I guess we'll start with the, the latest news that popped off. So, Takashi69 was finally sentenced today. In the longest, like, this judge was like, look, this is my time to shine. Y'all gonna sit back while I get my shit off. Because um, it just seemed like he had the longest fucking winded ever uh, to sentence him. But he was sentenced to two years. That's minus the 13 months he's already served. So in 11 months, he'll be out of jail. What do you guys think about Takashi 69 uh, being out of jail in under a year? Um, I mean, listen, I feel like I agree with the judge. It's like not for nothing, but the the nature of his crimes were violent and, and horrible. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I don't think he would have deserved to have walked free today like everyone was anticipating. Yeah. But if I were Takashi, I feel like this is some bullshit because he did a whole lot of snitching. He a did whole additional lot of extra credit snitching <laughs> and. To get have to stay in for another eleven months is kind of I don't know. It seems unfair. It seems I wouldn't have agreed to that deal. So yeah, he might have to come up with some more some more dirt for them. No, I think he just I think he just did. I think he just snitched on Trump. <laughs> so you know, he knows who shot Jamie St. Patrick. He'll be snitching on that soon. <laughs> hey, if he if he know who shot, yeah, let him go. Let him go. Right. Or if he'll get Tariq taken out or his ass beat, then we could let him go. There you go. Look at you, Mary. Look at you. We're already putting it out. I'm saying. I'm from Staten Island. What you think? <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Baylor, what's your thoughts on it, man? 
Um, you know, man, I'm I'm actually worried about it, man. Cause uh, I I seem I mean I know I know you said that you would probably fight against that extra, you know, eleven months or so. But I mean, when he get out, uh, what is he gonna do? You know, I mean, what gonna, can he do? Apparently, he's gonna get back to rapping. About what though? And, and you know what? I get it. They, they say uh, they say this. Uh, they say this generation is very gullible, and uh, he can get back to rapping about uh, what he used to rapping about. But I don't. I don't think that's the case, man. I really don't. You and there's a lot of the Spanish that, album. Shit. Right. Right. That was already in the works before yeah, he got. Yeah. It. Yeah. He wow. got that deal. I think he actually signed that deal. Like since he's been locked up, he a deal for one. Rapping album, one Spanish language album. So there you go. Yo, that's crazy. That's crazy right there. I want to see who gets the first interview. Hmm. They threw, they threw, of course they threw Charlemagne name out it's there. Not and then Charlotte, the, he's not going to get the first interview. Right, right. Uh, he might have to go to, no, he can't. That's his man's. Oh, true, true. Yeah, that's where he's going. Okay. Yeah, yep, I can see that. Yep, and then that's going, damn, that's going to boost his career for the moment. I mean, he's yeah. he's gonna come out like, and people are just gonna be so interested in what he has to say, and like, just to see how he's changed since then. Like, it's gonna it's gonna be Takashi all over the place this time next year. So just be prepared for it. It's gonna be like even probably worse than what it was right before you went away. I think my my thing, and I, I look at this a little bit differently. So my issue with this is is now all the young young kids who see this, and now are they gonna think that they can fake the life or be around? people who are in that life and then snitch and get away with it basically scot-free like what does that do to the young and impressionable crowd it, 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 it's like do they get the severity of what could happen like Takashi is almost untouchable at this point I'm sure they have him in all types of special like away from gen pop but I don't know if like the young young cats are really going to understand that and then maybe they think that all right well I can get out by snitching or I can get a lesser uh sentence and then they're gonna get hurt out here if he well, gets out and doesn't do witness protection like he's like the rumor is, mm -hmm. he's gonna get popped. Then there will be the <laughs> lesson. There's no way he's gonna walk the streets and resurrect a career with the amount of people that he took down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah. like that life, nah. Like there's there's still some shooters out here that will be ready for him. I yeah. have no doubt. Okay. And you and you know what? Getting back to the uh his fans, I would think that they would be smart enough to know that they won't get the same type of treatment that he got. But then again, uh didn't uh, a story just broke maybe was it this week or last week this cat was dumb enough to rob his uh the, the bank that he was working at. He had access to a vault. And stole a large amount of cash and was flashing it on, on IG. See, these, wow. these niggas is dumb, man. So I I believe I believe someone will try to follow in his footsteps, but oh my god, I can't see nobody getting away with that. I think they might, you know, it's going to be someone that gets the example uh, made out of them, and then it it might settle down after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then kind of piggybacking off this, something that was already on the list before this came down is. Angie Martinez teaming with Spotify for like a whole series on just Takashi called Infamous the, the Takashi Six Nine series. What do you got? Like, how do you think this plays into him coming back out? And maybe like, is this going to be kind of pushed back? You think uh, to kind of coincide more so with him getting out because maybe they'll have a chance to get some interviews with him. What do you think about that? Um, I don't know. This isn't really striking me as a career resurrector. Okay. Um, 
I don't know. Let's see what that's about. I'm I'm kind of. I mean, he came to Angie's show a few times before mm. getting locked, um, and basically was given warnings there. So I don't know. Mm. It'll be interesting to see if it's a continuation of like the dialogue that was started in those conversations. You know. True. So, I like the academic pick, though. Oh, yeah, the academic pick is a good. One. Mary always comes through with the with the good picks like that. So. <laughs> well, he's the one who's been on Twitter really updating people on the situation. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that's if he's not sit if he doesn't sit down with somebody like a Roker or somebody like somebody big big. But if it's somebody in the culture, it's probably going to be academics first. Academics first. Joe Budden. I don't think Budden's going to touch it, bro. Nah, I, feel you like don't think don't so? I don't think Button's gonna touch it. Like if it if it if he was stupid enough to go on, I think it'll get heated on the Joe Button podcast because Joe ain't gonna take too much of the not answering shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe Gail King if we're going outside yeah. of the culture, but okay. with one foot in. <laughs> do we do we think Oprah tries to hop in on this? Because she she's would, been known she's been known yeah. to come out of to come out of her retirement to in, do certain interviews. For, well, oh, I, I don't want to say what I was about to say because <laughs> because Oprah is like an idol of mine. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, and someone posted this, I forgot who it was. It might have been Button. I don't think it was him, but someone of that caliber posted that they feel like Oprah is making it a personal mission to kind of come after black men. Okay, yeah. I can understand that. I've been hearing that, and so I don't know if Takashi falls into that category, <laughs> but. And I don't want to believe that that's true either. So, yeah. I'm going to leave that alone. Fair enough. All right. Anything left on Takashi before we move on? Mm, nope. All right. Be careful. <laughs> move. <laughs> Definitely be careful. Speaking I mean, he could come on our show, can he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he can. Come, he better I'm be saying. prepared to answer some questions. I'll interview him. That's for sure. We can do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, moving in. Uh, we knew Baylor was hot headed. He didn't smack whack one hundred. I don't know why you did it, Baylor. Like this, this is your time. Why, why'd you smack this man, dog? It wasn't me. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. Nothing at all. That was all on J Rock. Yeah, yeah, that's just crazy. But what do you, what do you guys think about uh, whack one hundred? Kind of, and then he he got on the thing. Like, I hate it when people like get punched and then get on the video on the show. They feel, like. Dude, just shut the f- humble yourself. But what do you guys think? I agree with you. I feel like he's a fool, like yeah. we said last week, and that was corny. And yeah, exactly. If you if you got beat up or if you're trying to still fight whoever bit you, I think the the most corny, immature, stupidest thing to do is to go on social media and be like, they ran or whatever it was he was trying to say. It was like, all right, but you still got smacked up. If that if that doesn't give y'all um, an idea of what he's been trying to do, like you know, uh, I mean, what do you expect? Like you know, Nipsey bodyguard was very close to him, so yeah. you know, you can't be sitting up there. And this is the thing, though. As of lately, you know, it started with the whole legend talk. You know, he might not be a, a legend to a lot of folks outside of uh, California, which is you know understandable. But he is to us, and we know how important he was to the city. Musically, you can say what you want to say. That's cool. Uh, But when you find certain avenues to disrespect the dead and his name and his brand, like, you know, sooner or later it's going to catch up to you, you know? And especially out here. When you're around here in these streets, you know, you got a lot of people. And that's not just on 
you know, his side of the flag. You know, he was he was commended and he was respected and he was loved because of what he was building and what he was trying to put together. You know, um, I, I, I know RJ, you know, up and coming artist I went to school with. And then, you know, you got OT Genesis and they recently took a pick at a performance uh, in New Orleans. And it was it was just breathtaking to me because those are two cats that were, you know, on the opposite sides of the flags. And at one point wouldn't catch, you know, wouldn't be caught in the same area without any type of violence taking place. And the first thing that I thought of was Nip. You know, because he was bringing everybody together, you know. And so for Wack to try to undo that, you know, you, Cass is going to eventually see you, man. And it's not yeah. going to be, we're not going, we don't expect for the Ice Cubes and the Snoops and the DJ Quicks and et cetera to step up and say anything. It's going to be the Street Cats. It's going to be J-Rock, the bodyguard, that come and see you. Well, there you go. And he said, he, and then the first thing he said was, you know, he got, what, a hundred, a hundred stacks, a hundred, a hundred K for anybody got the footage of him getting knocked out. I mean, bro, you probably got knocked out before Cass pulled out the camera, obviously, you know, before, but we did see you get up stumbling, looking for somebody to fight, right? Well, there you go. It, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like. I, I, this dude is you're the manager of a fucking blue face like like we said in the last time we talked about like really that's all i got to say go ahead yo hey let me say something about that real quick okay. first of all i wish i knew shiggy personally you know oh, what i'm saying yeah. because I, yeah. that was highly did yo i felt i felt extremely like anger for for shiggy on that because i'm like yo this is a young cat that i literally seen him build his brand whether you i mean i know a lot of um stand-up comedians got their thing about ig comedians i respect the lane that they're that they're using you know what i'm saying if you're funny you're funny that's a funny cat you know what i'm saying and he's built his brand up and now cats is yo and fab is one of fab in my top five fab gotta take an l for disrespecting them like that like he built a brand where he's able to charge cats now and for him to go and, and blue face out of all people bro i would have slept him right then and there on that camera and i know I mean, he was probably out of bounds and he probably wasn't in an area where he had backup or anything like that, but I probably would have took that ass whooping because I would have slapped him. Mm. I think that, so Fab and Blueface were coming from two different places, right? Fab yeah. just didn't want to pay and felt like he was responsible for his come up. So, you know what I mean? Like, he shouldn't be entitled to pay him, which, whatever. Um, but Blueface was coming at him from a place of competition, I think. Mm -hmm. It's like, wait a minute, Siggy's about to try to make some music? Nah. Like, I feel like it was more on some competitive kind of almost, I don't know, I don't want to say jealous, but somewhere in that family. I feel like he was basically trying to discourage him because he would be in the same lane as him. You know what I'm saying? So it was kind of him trying to G-check him and be like, stay in your place. You're a comedian. Don't try to come into this lane type shit. Yeah. Either way, I agree with you. I feel like everyone's trying to play Shiggy these days. I actually do know him personally. I haven't talked to him about any of this or I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks. But yeah. But <laughs> like, whether or not, not whether or not Cats is going like, you have to, that's hating, bro. I don't I care if yeah. it's not for me or not. You you allow the man to get his bread the way he wants to get it, and he's not harming anybody. Right. I agree. I agree. It's it's, that, it's their, their whole camp is looking stupid. Blueface, Black One Hundred. Yeah. Like this wasn't a good week for them. Yeah, blue blue. 
Blueface, of all rappers, should has no re, no ability to play gatekeeper to who can rap and who can't rap. Come up with a rap album, like just shut the fuck up, dude. But the hypocrisy, though, he used to be like, yo, he was low key like a, a three or four star quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you know, catching the rap in the in in the rap industry could be like, yo, don't come over here, stick with that, you know, stick with football. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> These cats, man. Um. <laughs> But I got nothing left on this one. Anything left from you guys? Nope. I hope it happened again. (laughs) So moving into the next topic, uh, Andre 3000 was on the Broken Record podcast with Rick Rubin, and he mentioned how his lack of confidence has kept him from working on the solo album. He also mentioned how maybe his success has also, like, made him afraid uh, to to do new music and and being a victim of success. And it's so funny, like, like not funny, but it's, it's it's weird to hear somebody who's held in such high regard as an artist, as a as a rapper, say that they're afraid that or that they lack the confidence to come out with a solo album. Like that just blew my mind to hear that coming out of Andre Three Thousand's mouth. What did you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, you ever heard of a, a, a an attractive girl or an attractive guy that didn't know they was attractive? Okay. You know what I mean? Like you know, that's that's kind of like the same thing is. And and it probably some of the fame had had to do with that as well. You know, you get too big, and we got to remember these are regular pedestrians. You know, mm-hmm. and they have insecurities as well. So I, I understand it, but I still want to see a solo project done. <laughs> you know, well, I also think there's the added element of the game has changed. Um, yeah, that's true. Ba- from back when he was, you know, in his A game or whatever, and and feeling his most confident. And sometimes I kind of wish more. <laughs> well, let me not say that. I don't want to wish insecurity on anyone, but I do feel like some of the artists from, like our legends, basically, kind of need, or even like some of the. Let's not even say legends, right? Like I know you. Everybody has a friend who's like forty, whatever, and still coming out with a mixtape or some shit and it's like <laughs> them dudes really need to feel the way Andre 3000 feels exactly. it's like <laughs> your style of rap is no longer what's up you know what I mean like you may have bars but nobody's gonna want to hear them in the style that you mastered basically so I mean even though I feel like I guess it is surprising to hear Andre 3000 uh, feel that way because he was one of the more versatile artists so yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just I can't imagine in a, a world in which Andre 3000 would drop a whack album. I just can't do it. Like and and you know, I mean he's just so talented musically. He's so versatile that to to live in a world where if he did drop one like it wouldn't just be the response to it wouldn't be crazy. Just it doesn't register to me, but I I'm I'm also not in his position to to tell him how to feel or, or anything like that. It's just you know, I I think the ageism in rap is definitely one. And then to Mary's point, the game has changed completely. Like just the, the the music that people listen to nowadays is just so different generally. So, I mean, I guess I can understand it from that point, but I just feel like we need to lift our legends up because, you know, Andre 3000 solo album is something that I feel like we all fucking need. Oh yeah. It's, so, way, it's way overdue. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But uh, we'll go ahead. We're moving to the next topic. So Tory Lanez threatened to, quote unquote, expose Interscope Records. Don't know what that means. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe they're fucking with his money because of all the samples that they had to clear for for the Chick State Five. But maybe that's just me. 
Um, but you know, to spin it into a, a bigger conversation, I guess is like it's been a while that we've heard like a situation in which somebody who's on a major label really have a situ- like something like this to where they they're outwardly having beef with their label. It happened way more in like the the 90s and everything, but it was kind of weird to see it nowadays because it seems like artists have so much more control over their careers than what they ever had. So to, to have to see him have like so much animosity towards his label was kind of off-putting to me, but Mary, what did you think? I feel like much like you said, right? You would hear about these beefs in the 90s between artists and the labels, but the label basically owned the artist. Mm. The artists were broke back then, for real, even with the label behind them, and their hands were tied. So it's a cool thing to kind of see, and I think it's, well, I don't want to say it's all the way cool, but I think that it is indicative of the new, like, I don't know, I don't want to say millennials because we're millennials, but the younger side of millennials who kind of rage against the establishment and you know, don't take shit. So I think that this is kind of an example of that. Um, I don't quite understand what the beef is, really. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's see how it plays out, I guess. I mean, do we do we feel like this latest project is doing well? The resp- All I can judge is off social media response, and it seemed like it was pretty good from just the, the people that I follow. But... I, it's not I like mean, I've... the joint with, with T-Pain is on the radio constantly. So, you okay. know, usually that's a good indicator. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But I feel like that's becoming a trend now when the artists aren't, their project isn't kind of living up to expectations or their own expectations. Then, yeah. You know what I mean? Then they yeah. start blaming other people and tantruming. <laughs> well, but, but, you, but you know if it's good or not, like, like, Hazet has brought up Rhapsody ever since she dropped her album. So that's the clear indicator that that's a good album. I keep bringing up Crash. That came out, what, back in February, March, or something like that? Mm-hmm. So, look, I'm not knocking that album, but I'm just not hearing people talk about it as much as I thought they would. When, they, when it first dropped, though, a lot of people were on it. They said it was a good project. But since then, I would give it about a week and a half, and then it just died down. But that's also... Um, that's also been the narrative of this generation period, though. You know, so much content is put out there to where, you know, it dies out quick. Unless it's something that really sticks to you. There's nothing like, there's nothing oatmeal about it. Everything is just watered down. You know what I'm saying? Nothing is just sticking to you that much. Well, you got a point there. You got a point there. I'm, I, and, you know, every when we even reviewed the album, we did say, like, the album had a vibe. Vibes come and go. Like, it's winter now. It's pe- are people really trying to vibe out the Tory Lanes while they're stuck in the house snowed in? But you know what? Maybe maybe it came out during the wrong time, you know? Yeah. Maybe if you would have dropped this album in the summertime, it would probably would have got a different, you know, feel to it. So let's come back to it next summer. I mean, well, we will because we kind of review music because that's our thing. Mm. But the average person is you, you, we always talk about this, right? Like the average listener now has like ADD. So you get one shot. That's true. <laughs> You're not missing a chance that's to run. Yeah. yeah. And it's over now for, for that. I mean, and I, I think though, Baylor, I totally agree with you. I feel like if this would have come out even, it definitely is summertime vibes, in my opinion. So for, for me, if it would have even come out like three months earlier, it would have kind of fit in with like the hot girl summer. It would have been like the male response to hot girl summer to me, but it, it was late. And maybe that's what he's blaming it to spoke for. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I can always go back to that 444 album and just sit back <laughs> and, 
drink some dark liquor to it and just listen to what Jay is talking about. You true. know what I mean? Yeah, true. But now, I can right. also go back. I mean, it's it's not fair to put it up against this, but I can go to Nas' album, his first album, and just sit back with my eyes closed. You know, so you know, it's not yes. that. As can I. As can I. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it's unfair, but when you want to talk about, I mean, there's it's either going to be a bust. A solid album, or it's gonna be a classic. And right now, we, it's definitely not a classic. Oh, and so it's teetering that. between, you know, maybe it's solid or it's just trash. I mean, trash and, bags. and I'm I'm sure it would have done better if it dropped in the summer, but or the spring or something like that. But I I wonder how much, and I say it kind of jokingly at the beginning, but I do wonder. Clearing all these fucking samples had to take time. Yo, tell like, me about it. <laughs> like seriously, I, I like I, I would hate to be one of the lawyers for Interscope that had to go through clearing the samples for this album and the features. Like, there's a lot that had to be done, and you know that's something that us as as music listeners we very rarely ever even think about is is stuff like that. But with an album that's basically the whole crux of the album is sampling music from from the '90s and early 2000s. Like that shit had to had to suck to clear, and I wonder how how far that set the album back, and maybe that's where some of his frustration because he's he's been talking about this album since the fucking almost since the Joiner beef. Like he's he's been talking about this for a minute. So the fact that it came out now, uh, I do wonder if that plays a part into his frustration with his label. Not only that, how, how about the tracks that didn't make it because that's the true. sample didn't get cleared? Yeah, you know what about the what about the home run hitters that he probably had and the samples didn't clear. Well, there you go. There you have it. Time, it's time for time for you to be a little bit more creative, buddy. Yeah. So you'd stop stop relying on samples so much. Uh, but yeah. that's it. I got nothing else on this. Anyone else got anything? Nope. Try again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're gonna go into our first break. We're gonna come back. We only got one thing of music to talk about this week with like new music, but. It's not even actually new music, but we'll be right back after this. What's up, everybody? This is Dan, a.k.a. Dan on Drugs. And I am Afro Becky, a.k.a. Afro Becky. And we are the Black Law and Legal Lies Podcast, a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week, we have conversations with our co-host, Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey. What? Sometimes people do like the opposites. All right, beautiful people. So Cameron uh, released the track list and cover art for Purple Haze 2. I think we've all talked about several times in the last few months just with all these older artists coming back. And especially when they want to do like part two to, to one of their they're more classic or more well-known albums. I don't for I I can't think of one that's actually hit it out the park. Um, maybe Cameron can buck that trend. But what do you guys make of the Purple Haze track list? I'll come to you first, Mary. Well, first of all, Nas's Lost Tapes Two was that is a true. pretty good album to me. That's true. Okay. So, all right. So I will say this, Cameron, and I mean this is important to know about me. Um, first of all, I used to have a little crush on Cameron, and secondly. Back when I was like a teenager, he was one of my favorite artists. And this was pre-Dipset. At, like Horse and Carriage was my little joint. Again, not the most lyrically advanced, but <laughs> you know, I was glad to him, you know. Um, and then Dipset happened. 
And the best thing about Dipset was their production. Mm-hmm. But, like, Heat Makers definitely, to me, made them. And, I mean, again, yes, they had swag. But the lyrics, bruh, were just, they killed me with that. Like, pizza, 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 pizza. Like, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. Purple Haze. <laughs> I, I, I can't say I was the biggest fan of part one of that. So, I like, as opposed to Lost Tapes, where... I thought Lost Tapes 1 was dope and have been waiting for years for a follow-up to that. So I don't have the same sentiment, but of course I'm going to check it out because somewhere in my heart of hearts, I still have mad love for, you know, when I thought I was going to run into the sunset with Cameron. So. <laughs> Fair enough, Baylor. You know why he's going to catch our ears is because he's the one guy that's a part of Dipset that has probably all of the information. So if, if some of the content in this album is going to be what they went through and his side of the story that I'm here for it. Uh, but if we gave Jim Jones a chance, we gave Nods a chance, we got to give, you know, we got to give killer a chance, you know, he's the only one that got computers pute. You know what I'm saying? Nobody else has ever gotten computers putin, you know? So. <laughs> and, just, and, and Jim's album was solid too. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I'm saying now. Oh my god, Cam is my guy, bro. Like, I love black people. We make <laughs> shit. We make we make shit like that don't make sense make sense. Yeah, because I understood true. what he said. You know, I just don't know how to make it puke. I just don't. But <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> the features on this album aren't very many, uh, which is something that we don't see from a lot of these older artists who come back like they usually have features all over he has jim jones max b wale mimi shooter and disco black are the only features on this album mimi pops up like three times i think over the course of the album um so at the track list itself like just looking at it we don't even know who produced what yet unless this is not on the list that i look at um what do you guys think what, what i guess i guess we'll do predictions Without hearing a single fucking thing from this album, how good do you think this album is going to be? How many trash bags are we giving it? You, you know what we need? We need a Ti versus Tip. So in in this in this form, we need a Cameron versus uh, Killer. Uh, no, 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 not a, not not that. I, we need a a Cameron versus uh, Jim Jones. Mm. So I need them to hash it out on a, on a record. If I get one of those records, then I'm all right. That's one. But I think. I don't know how many trash bags this gonna get. I'm I'm really rooting for this. I need this. Mm. So so I'm hoping. I'm hope. Wait. So how does it go? If it's if it's one trash bag, that means it's good. Or if it gets multiple trash no, bags, it's with, good. No, more trash bags means it's more trash. So we act, oh, okay. our rating system's weird. You give it to let. So listen so hopefully this is like a grocery bag trash bag <laughs> you put on your door. You know what I mean? I'm hoping this is gonna be that good. Okay. Okay, Mary. I don't know, bro. I he can't be hitting me with that lobster, lobster, lobster. <laughs> like no. Um, I'm just gonna wait and see. I don't even want to make predictions. Maybe he's grown. I mean, listen. As an aside, I know it was recently, like in the blogs, that his girlfriend actually passed away, or his baby mom. It was somebody who was he was in a relationship with, oh, wow. and he was expressing a lot of pain over that. So I'm wondering if that's going to kind of play over into the album. Like, that's what I'm saying. Is this going to be a serious album or is this going to be a, yeah. you know, a fucking nonsensical but fire produced album? 
That's all. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really give many indications. He sat down with Ebro um, on the morning show on High 97 one day this week, and I happened to catch a bit of it. And, um, you know, he was actually going through the history of, like, what happened even before, you know, pre-Dipset days and, like, all of his label struggles, actually. Mm. So it was that was interesting, actually. Like, he is an interesting personality, and he's had a really interesting career. And he's, when you really think about it, he came up, you know, in hip-hop's heyday and kind of mm-hmm. survived. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, made a crew after really having, you know, some unexpected success as a solo artist and beefing with the people who kind of brought him up and got let out of how many label deals, actually, that you never yeah. hear of. So yeah. his story is fire. I respect it. I respect him. But, yeah, I just kind of I'm a little traumatized from the lack of lyrical <laughs> yeah. well, at, we can't we can't he's a part of history because I, he's actually going to be i know for a fact that he's going to be a part of the next episode yeah. our next episode he's definitely going to be a part oh, of yeah, it. absolutely yeah he's he's fully capable too like don't mm. like again when he was killer you know there were bars there i just feel like he ended up kind of trading in bars for swag preliminarily like now that would fit right in uh, <laughs> yeah I mean, not for nothing, it would be really interesting to see what some of these artists from then who were very serious about bars, like how they would have fit into the current climate. Yeah. And I feel like Dipset would have been like in their glory. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. When you think about it, fire production, course is usually on point and catchy and they just rapped about whatever the fuck they wanted to rap about. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as my trash bag predictions, I'm gonna go and say this is gonna be a two trash bag album. <sighs> that's that's my prediction. Um, I think it's gonna be solid production, especially if Heatmakers all over this shit. Um, and there's gonna probably be at least two tracks that are just all flames. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be two trash bag album. <sighs> okay. But uh, let's move on. We're going to go into our last break for the day. And when we come back, we're going to do our final uh, week of the first round of the best live performer brackets. We'll be right back after. Welcome to Technical File, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. It's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Go, go, Power Ranger. Yeah, this is the Black Ranger. It's me, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. It's Ash Ketchum in his bed. <laughs> I am the Eric J. Only known as the and I'm Camille, point guard of the crew, the real life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door. You know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. And it's your boy K Harris, the gentleman. The gentleman. The gentleman. Also known as K Diddy. Take that, take that. But better known as the people's Jabroni. <laughs> and that's us. I mean, we four friends coming together every week to talk about the biggest stories in sports with our own flair to it. Let me tell you. You ain't never heard a sports podcast that's entertaining before. Damn straight. So check us out every Wednesday. Get at us. All right. So we've pissed some people off with these brackets, I'm sure. But we are trying to gear toward to get into the second round. Uh, We got a few matchups this week, four matchups this week. You guys ready to get into it? Yes, indeed. All right. So first we got Prince versus Brian McN... Prince versus Brian McKnight. I'm just going to go ahead. Oh, wee. Man, I feel so sorry for Prince. 
What? Stop oh, playing. hell no. Nah. <laughs> nah, fuck that. We will stop this podcast right now. <laughs> no, but you know what? Um, you know, I think majority of his votes, majority of Brian McKnight votes will come from uh, the women, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prince is just too iconic. You know, uh, he played every instrument in the book. And his ass cheeks was out and he made pancakes. So... <laughs> Yeah, Brian McKnight is not going to, you know, that 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 game was probably over in the first half. That's a blow. I mean, listen, I love Brian McKnight. Actually, Baylor and I had a little Twitter moment yesterday, whatever, one day this week, because he was trying to say the proposal scene in Martin was one of the worst in TV, whatever, sitcom. I was talking history. about the first one. <laughs> right. But you have to get specific because I immediately thought he was talking about the Brian McKnight one. And I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. Like, <laughs> I was a kid and didn't even know what proposing was and was like, yo, this is flames right now when right. Brian McKnight hopped out of the bushes. So, yes, Brian McKnight is amazing. His voice is amazing. He still can perform. Like, I saw him. Y'all have to check this out. It was a BET Her. I don't know if you guys ever see these, but BET Her is doing something really dope where they get, like, again, our legends from yesteryear, whatever, and basically give them, like, a 30-minute performance. And then, you know, so it airs on the network. And he had his own, and seriously, his voice was just so crazy. Like, and he played the piano, and it was great. So I say that to say... Prince wins because Prince is just the motherfucking man. But but Brian McKnight deserves respect. So I had to give him that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but my thing is is like Brian McKnight does deserve respect as an artist and everything, but like a Brian McKnight performer, every time I've ever seen video of Brian McKnight performing, he's just sitting in the chair singing. <laughs> That's the truth. Bro. I mean, for real. So like I yeah, I mean, hey, there you go. Vocal- he, he had more. He, he had more performances in his videos. You and then even then, he was just you know he was the '90s per- just pointing in the sky. That's all he was doing and looking off. But the pointing in the sky hate was very important. It was. We culture. need more niggas to point in point in the sky nowadays. <laughs> yeah, and bring the rain down too. There you go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Prince by far on this one. Let's move into the next one. This one is an interesting ma- matchup: Sam Smith versus Kendrick Lamar. And that's not. Interesting at all. Damn. That's over in the second. That's over in the second quarter as well. Okay, who you got? I and the, the cool part about it, I'm not even being biased, but I've seen uh, Kendrick perform um, during BET Weekend mm-hmm. uh, when it was out here. It was like a West Coast concert that they had, and yo, that shit was dope. Yeah. I thought he was. I thought Kendrick was going to end up being one of those dope artists, but can't perform. Shout out to Pusher, but. No, that cat got a lot of uh, that cat got a lot of energy though. That yeah. that cat got a lot of energy. He's jumping all over the goddamn. So he looked like a damn ninja. Yeah, yeah. Man. So, you know so I feel going. like this is this is unfair for me because I haven't seen Sam Smith perform, um, but I have seen Kendrick perform, and my vote's gonna go there. <laughs> no crazy story, but I yeah, I can't really compare. But Kendrick wasn't bad, so. Yeah, definitely Kendrick. I uh, I love Sam Smith. Uh, you know Sam Smith's album was on one of my albums of the decade list, but it it got to be Kendrick. Like it's Kendrick's performances are too passionate. His music's too good, and he's still growing as a performer. Still growing as a performer. So yeah, Kendrick Lamar gets. So we got Prince uh, Prince versus Kendrick Lamar in the second round. So that's gonna yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a dog fight right yeah, there. Yeah, but we know who's taking that one out. Um, 
Let's not do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> yep, we now. <laughs> Next one. Usher versus Rage Against the Machine. Here we go. Now, I have to admit that uh-huh. the strategy that I was going to use for this round, okay. I had to I went back on it because I wanted to I wanted to save it for the final four. Uh-huh. That's what I wanted to do. So, but I have to say, Usher sliding out of his shoes is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. That is true. That is true. Usher is a generational so, performer. Go ahead, Mary. As our rage, though. So here's the thing. So my vote's going with Usher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to kill the suspense. But the thing here is that I think this one's really a matter of your preference, right? Because I feel like they're equally good in their Like, metal is more, you know... Rage is great for that genre, right? Yeah. Like, what do those performers mm-hmm. do? They jump around, they play the guitar, they, you know what I'm saying? And they put on a damn good show with that. But, you know, obviously I'm more of a R&B slash hip hop head than into that genre. So Usher's got, like it for me. There's no, there's no real, honestly, there's no R&B performer to me that rivals Usher, honestly. And he's still Ooh. got it in his yeah. 40s right now. Much to, to Summer Walker's dismay. You got, me, you got me thinking about something, though. But yeah, you got me thinking about something. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like, like to Mary's point is that it is a big, I guess, a, a big part of this is the type of music that you like and the type of live music you like to see specifically. And while I can take nothing away from Rage Against the Machines as live performance and and in in that genre, but like. Usher's sliding around is fucking is generational. Like that, that's what it is. It, it's cultural. Like that is a moment for the culture. Uh, you'd be crazy as fuck to to vote. Uh, any like very few people get voted over Usher in my opinion. So definitely, I'm picking Usher on this one as well. Okay, clean sweep, clean sweep. That's all we've done so far is clean sweeps. Uh, in this round, I mean this this last part of uh round one, but Justin Timberlake versus Paul McCartney is the last one of this week. You know I love my white people drama. Mm-hmm. Woo wee! I'm gonna have to let Mary go on this one. I don't know. It's JT for me all the way. Ooh. Yep. We're saying performer. Yeah. 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 That's I true. Mean, that's music. True. Paul McCartney. Yeah. JT's up there with Usher, honestly. Yeah. Live performer, definitely. And it's gonna be those yeah. two in the next round uh, because I'm definitely voting Justin Timberlake as well. If we were just talking about music, Paul McCartney yeah. goes over Justin Timberlake. Every day, all day. But since this this is a live performer bracket, come on now. Like we have it's very few white boys with the moves that Justin Timberlake's able to pull off. Period point. There's very few black boys with the moves that JT can pull that off. That is absolutely so, true. Wow. Listen, he, he got his like swing that. On, on on 106 and Parks countdown. Yeah. So that man will forever live in infamy. <laughs> Justin Timberlake has a lifetime pass to the barbecue. That's just period. Yeah. Like the only thing they can I take still away. I not eat his potato salad, but yeah. Yes, oh he yeah. Can I mean, we're not eating. He doesn't have to bring anything. But he gets a pass to the barbecue. The only thing that can take away Justin Timberlake's pass to the barbecue is he, if we find video of him saying nigga, and then even then, I'm sure well, a lot of people still invite him to the barbecue. Well, that last album he dropped, with the exception of that track "Wave," basically said nigga. So. <laughs> 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 you know, and that's the reason. That's the reason why he can't bring anything to the barbecue because of that last album. But I'm definitely picking. I'm definitely picking a uh, Disney Channel. Uh, Justin Timberlake. There you go. Okay. I mean, we'll take that. Yeah, we'll take it. It's a victory. Was well, he a part of that Jodeci 
performance? Oh, yes, God. He yes, he was. Yes, he was. All right. Okay. Yes, he was. <laughs> I, I love how y'all knew just what I was talking what about. What the hell was they thinking? What were they thinking and doing? It was that? dope, though. And they killed it, though. Yeah. They, they killed did. it. Yeah. Who, 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 who else was there? Um, JC Chavez. Yep. Ryan Gl- Gosling. What's his name? Ryan yeah, Gosling Ryan was Gosling. there. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird show. That was, oh, yeah, that was definitely but off. I, I wonder about the two at the end. Fred and Moeva, who were like 45, like what were they doing there? Anyway, if anybody knows what happened to Fred and Moeva, please tell me. Oh, man. All right, so that sets up round two. This round two looks is going to be fucking crazy. So in round two, we got Beyonce versus Rihanna, James Brown versus Little Richard, Freddie Mercury versus MC Hammer, Missy Elliott versus The Stones, the Jacksons ah. versus each other. Hendrix and Gaga, Prince and Kendrick, and Usher and Justin Timberlake around two. That's a fucking crazy ass round. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a lot of arguments right there. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say that right now. <laughs> but let us know who you guys are, are voting for if you disagree with us um, on any of our picks for this week. I, I don't I don't see very many disagreements with our picks this week. I don't think we pissed off enough people this week, but I will be sure to get you guys next week. Uh, but that's it. This has been another episode of The Breaks Radio. Go ahead and give them your social media, parting words, thoughts, anything. Lots of lobster. Anyway, <laughs> I'm at Miss Mary Almonte on all social platforms. <laughs> hey. <laughs> At Baby the Great on all social media platforms. Um, my birthday is Monday. I turned 37. And I want to say this. It was because of Cameron that I wore pink with a that lot of confidence. That is very true. So all my people out there, go to your computer right now and make sure you start puting. Mm. <laughs> Whatever that, that is. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh man god I, I, sh- shit i don't even know how the fuck to follow that up um i am ceo hayes you can follow me at ceo h-a-i-z-e and my parting words are you better say motherfucking happy birthday to my boy on monday that's what y'all need to do so make sure y'all follow baby the great and uh tell him his happy wish him a happy uh 37th uh go around the around the planet so there you guys go um but that's it. You guys can follow us collectively at The Breaks Radio. Make sure you send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. TheBreaksRadio at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave us a voicemail and get it played on the podcast, you can do that at 614-547-2039. Just threw you guys a lot of information. It's a podcast, so we're rounded. If you mess, missed any of it, and we're out this bitch. Peace. I put sugar in my grits, and I put wine in my barbecue sauce. How else would you do that? Okay. Man. That is all the game. Oh, oh, yo. Michelle told me a story, man, I felt her Her dream's in the sky, but her life is in the cellar Public assistance was been supposed to help her She said, Cameron I called Section 8 like get my homie out the shelter Gave her 50K, gave her a kiss, caught the bella Invested wisely, don't turn into Cinderella I don't wanna hear you say, say, say. Meanwhile, I'm in Marjellas, I'm spinning like some propellers And everybody is jealous because I'm flying in Delta But to get here, I pass a note to a teller Pulled to swear me out And I was lying when, come on, try again Even the skits real, cousin banked it a 5 to 10 Could be on the beach, just the in the lion's den He'll never 
to say. Yes! Cause I'm a big deal. Say I got it. I smile. Cause I have to. But her six. Cause I'm a big deal. What they say? Say I got it. I smile. Cause I have to. But bloodshed. Listen here, girl, I know not what the drama about Drama, that's when the feds pull up to your mama house Turn the back, slam the door Homie, what your mama about? Sometime I got a shot Brain start to shift when Rock Kim made mahogany When I decided I had a problem with poverty Prophecy, thinking homicide, but still logically Now stars in the car, the ceiling or astrology I ain't have a dollar B, I'm lucky to acknowledge me This around the time the woo had me wearing wallabies Said you the one game, I say